Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Shout to the heart and you're too late, darling. You give love a bad name. And John Bon Jovi is just too pretty a man, isn't he? You can't be a rock star in the 80s and make it to this age and have teeth that look that good. He needs a smack in the mouth. Afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening. This is Chain Wrestling with Mags and Sai. I am Sai, and with me, as always, is the Mr. Pay Per View to my Mr. JL. If you don't know what that is, look it up, kids. It's a clever little reference there. The <laughs> Hall of Fame to my Hall of Shame. Congratulations, Rob Van Dam, Hall of Famer today. Yes. A podcaster who says, if you really want to see Extreme Hardcore, ignore ECW and just subscribe to his OnlyFans. Mr. Max, how are we doing, sir? And I'm doing a special offer on my OnlyFans now. It's only $20 a month. So $20 a month, man. You get to see me in the buff talking wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, mate? How's your week been? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, just... And it gets tedious just explaining it, but it's been a similar week to every other week in lockdown. Yep. Uh, minimal contact with the outside world, uh, staring into uh, electronic devices uh, for entertainment and work purposes, um, and then recording the odd podcast now and then. Um, I have been doing something slightly different today, though. I've been researching. <laughs> in the buff yeah. uh, I've been researching and ordering uh, the wife for uh, an electric car uh, from oh, work okay. yeah uh, so that's been fun very interesting uh, working out like mileages and, and uh, how how much range each each vehicle can do and then costing and stuff like that so that's brightened my day up a little bit uh, it's not brightened my wallet up a little bit it's a uh, quite pricey but the the cost of the the fuel that she uses to get her uh, to and from her places of work is it's massively offsets the price of the actual car so i think we're actually going to be about even to what we we fork out now so brand new car for the sake of the price of petrol is uh you can't really grumble so I mean, with regards to that, then obviously you need to like charge the electric car, don't you? Yeah. So, if you, are you going to have like a, a side to plug it in at home or something, or how does that work? Well, what they do is they hook it. You get a back, like a pedal back, and you on a stand, and you have to just keep 
pedaling until you till you fill it up. You wanted me up. Yeah, of course I'm winding <laughs> up. No, what happens is uh, you get like a, a charging port um, in uh, like the side of your house or in your garage or wherever, and basically you plug it in. But um, where where we're, we are in, in Burma, there's quite a few different like, uh, places you can go and get uh, charging pretty much like a petrol station. Uh, the, the only problem is it, it takes a little bit longer than just filling up with a... With like twenty quid with a of a four star, you've got to stay there for maybe up to a, an hour uh, to to charge your vehicle up. But the the cost is just it's just outstanding. It's a, a essentially the 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 charge is about a penny per mile. Um, so the the car will do on a full charge. It'll do about two hundred miles uh, on a good day. So to fully charge it up, it costs two quid. Where to fill uh, fill the the missus's car now, uh, it cost about seventy. Oh, okay. Oh, so I don't know about all that, you know, miles to the gallon and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, uh, I, don't, well, I don't get all that. I don't drive look so. With, with the job that she does, uh, she travels to and from Bradford uh, quite a, a lot, um, and Bradford is about. It's about 80 miles uh, round trip-ish, I suppose, from... No, it's probably actually a bit further, probably about 120 miles round trip from, from where we live. So she does that maybe four times a week. So you, uh, using that fuel, she's she's using about 70, 80 quid worth of fuel a week. Uh, and if we if basically we can get that down to like three or four quid uh, for, for the electric vehicle, so... It absolutely makes sense that that offsets the the price of the actual vehicle over over like the the the, the time that you're paying for it, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense, and, and plus it's a brand new car, and she thinks she's a uh, posh now. So <laughs> no, I've never had that, that that feeling of a brand new car or anything. I mean, like I said, I, I don't drive. My wife does the driving. So for, for what we're paying for it, I'm living in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit of a sort of topic people have poked fun at me about in the past i guess because I, I as you know as i've said quite a few times i recently turned 40 um i don't drive and my dad from when i was five up until about 18 months ago was a fully qualified driving instructor so yeah i'm sure you yeah. could have had lessons essentially for now i did i did have a few um but 17 years of age i was seeing a lass who was driving anyway i was more interested in playing football going out yeah. drinking and stuff i didn't want to know you know so and now i look back on it and i think man you're such a dick three driving I mean, it, lessons my dad would have got me a car and everything you know what i mean <laughs> i mean it's not really for everyone to be fair not everybody has that passion for driving and and if you can get away with not doing it then then the less cars on the road the better i mean it's it's absolutely hectic uh driving anywhere of any distance nowadays because it's just vehicles everywhere so yeah, I mean, yeah. if it's not for you, it's not for you. No yeah, it works out here. quite well. Like you know, the, the wife doesn't drink, doesn't doesn't touch a drop after the uh, vodka incident from a few years ago. Um, she doesn't touch a drop, but um, I like a drink, and I don't drive. She drives, so I think it balances out quite well, mate. <laughs> I just to clarify, I say the vodka instant. She wasn't she wasn't like a raging alky or anything like that. That was just <laughs> she just decided the hangovers aren't worth it. And so next time we do a drunk stories, I'll uh, make sure I get the wife's permission and I'll tell the story about when she had had a few too many uh, a night to go and see some strippers with her friends and it ended up terrible. And she hasn't drank since. It's quite funny, but oh, that's wow. that's for that's for a drunk stories episode there, Mags. 
Sounds good. I'll wait with bated breath. <laughs> and I'll get I'll, I'll probably lose my breath by way of her hands around my throat for, for putting that out there. Um my week's been the same as yours, I suppose, mate, apart from the whole looking for a car thing. I've, I've sat around the house doing nothing, bored out of my mind. Same old scenario. Um I, I don't feel the need to get up in the morning because I've got nothing to do. I can look for a job from my bed or in or through the night or whatever, because I'm just using the internet. So because I've got no reason to get up early, I've got no reason to go to bed early. So my days now are literally just molding into just one long, continuous seven day stretch of boredom before I speak with you again. It's like I, I, I rolled out of bed after lunch today. I probably won't go to bed till God knows what time tonight because of that. And it's just like getting into a bit of a lethal circle i suppose a vicious circle there but uh it, it gets so annoying I, yeah i feel your pain i really do and the little sad thing i suppose make my uh my you know i've always had that specific glass that i used to put my drink in to, to uh podcast with my hulk hogan well, glass your racist glass yeah my racist glass yeah well it was only half racist to be fair because the vinyl thing had started peeling off so you only had sort of <laughs> hogan from the waist up to maybe his nipples the top of hogan had gone by this point so i had like maybe a racist belly on my glass i guess but um <laughs> yeah, i broke it mate broke the glass so oh, how, how have you done that i was doing the washing up and i dropped a bowl in the thing in, in the sink and oh. i had a big smash and the glass was just obliterated so that was disappointing but never mind it is what it is these things are sent to try us, I suppose. As long as it weren't my good glass, mate, it weren't my beer glass, so I'm okay with that. Okay, that that is good. Then. That's the main thing. That's <laughs> the main thing. <laughs> um, speaking of the drunk stories, momentarily just then, shall we get to Twitter, Mags? So shall we get on with this quite early today because we've got a huge amount of feedback yes. this we week, have. which I want to thank absolutely everybody for. We said it. Uh, maybe it was last week or the week before mags and i said that this show doesn't work without you um voting retweeting um suggestions uh, and so on for the chain plus also your interactions on twitter for our uh, additional topics that we bring up this show doesn't work without you so again it's a huge huge thank you to everyone who has interacted and messaged in and this week mags we had loads didn't we and we absolutely did, and it was a really kind of a um, good topic to to talk about as well. Um, so yeah, we'll get some interesting takes, um, some maybe uh, weird takes. Oh so, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, uh, the topic for anyone who may have missed it was I I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 anything that um, people around you or, or or a great deal of people find fantastic or something that's really popular that you just can't understand why or you can't you can't grasp why that is i mean an example for me would be i'm I'm a big hard rock fan i'm a big heavy metal fan um led zeppelin i I don't get it never have done (laughs) never been able to get just don't understand you know um but barring stairway obviously that's that's a that's a banger um Mm -hmm. but even that i prefer the heart version so so basically fuck Led zeppelin Kind of, mate, yeah, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we've got a few of people's I just don't get it. Uh, It can be TV shows, um, wrestlers, and so on. Uh, I'll just run through them in the order we received them, Mags, yeah? And we'll have a little chat about what people are telling us. Let's do it. And we start with our good friend Dan Griffin, at DanGriffin21 on Twitter. Um. 
it's a take that I've seen quite a few people say, to be fair. Uh, he just doesn't get Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Uh, physically talented, but just finds them bland, and it baffles him how so many of their matches manage to feel so paint by numbers. Mm, interesting. I mean, the Kenny Mega thing, uh, I don't think it could be any wronger. Uh, when Kenny uh, is on his day, I think he's arguably the best wrestler in the world. Uh, the stuff he did with Okada was absolutely amazing. Um, the stuff he did with Tanahashi uh, in New Japan was was absolutely top draw the books i can kind of see uh i'm not a huge fan of that kind of a orchestrated um dancing uh style of wrestling where they do uh overly flipping moves just for the sake of, of it looking good rather than having impact um yeah it's a a, a mild take by dan there um i can see his point on one of them i definitely can't see it on the other Mm, yeah yeah i mean I, I i'm a big kenny omega fan the bucks the first few times i saw them when they were wrestling in new japan i thought why this is incredible and i suppose it does go to dan's point of matches being paint by numbers potentially but the first few times i saw them it was really like I, i've not seen some of this before this is in, it yeah. blew my mind i thought this is amazing but now the more i see them the more i kind of think okay well i know where they're gonna go now i know what's gonna happen next I still think they're very talented. I still enjoy what I see, but I do get the whole point of it feels like you're just getting certain spots in rather than it always making sense as to why you're doing that spot, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, technically, uh, they're among the more skilled wrestlers uh, that, are, that are around. But for me, a lot of uh, uh, of wrestling is losing the the point of making sense uh instead of just being uh something to to get that holy shit or that kind of this is awesome chant um and it, it doesn't look like a fart it looks like it's choreographed a lot of the time yeah yeah and that's the big thing yeah yeah <laughs> um tv wise dan says peaky blinders uh so many people think it's great he watched four episodes and was bored shitless i mean i i I, I can't say I agree with him, but I can say I've never watched a single episode. It's just something that I, I didn't really get on the, on board at the beginning. So by the time I, I was slightly interested, it was into like the third or fourth series. So it's something that, that I just didn't bother about. So I, I may eventually give it a go. I may not. It's uh, yeah. So I can, I can see, uh, I can see his point on that one. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really liked Peaky Blinders. Um, it's one of those things where I watched it on my own because the wife didn't wasn't really interested, or she mm-hmm. she was busy doing other things and so on. Um, she has since tried to watch it, and I suppose a little bit further in than Dan, she she managed, I think, pretty much the first season as opposed to just four episodes, and she was the same. She found it boring, which I thought was weird because I loved it. So everyone's different, I guess. Different strokes for different folks, I suppose. Different strokes, eh? Back to your only fans, are we? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> um, Bang Bang Podcast Andy, at Bang Bang Podcast, on Twitter, um, says he thinks his feelings are fairly well documented and then sent us a picture of Bill Goldberg. So I, <laughs> I obviously listen to Bang Bang every week. It's a fantastic show. I know their thoughts on Bill Goldberg. Um... Goldberg in WCW, I, I like to try and separate the two. Goldberg and WCW to me is different to Goldberg and WWE and, w, and Goldberg now. Goldberg and WCW, I thought was fantastic for that. 
what would it have been 18 month two year initial run um yeah. after after that i suppose in a similar way to the bucks it, it it's like okay i've seen that now does that make sense mags yeah absolutely uh and i think you're right i think the he he rested on his on his laurels uh, with with uh, his move to uh, WWE. He never wants to put anybody over. Um, he is literally playing to an audience of one, and that one being um, his son. I remember in, uh, an interview he did uh, about uh, beating uh, Kevin Owens for the towel. Uh, he said uh, he refused to. to to lose because he wanted to look like a, a superhero to his kid, which for me, that's not the point of wrestling. The point of wrestling is not just for you to look good. It's for the, the whole of the, the, the business to look good. And uh, I just, I found him incredibly selfish. I, I don't think he brings enough to wrestling to warrant being at the top of the card every single time uh, and having these multiple title runs, which just don't make sense because he doesn't put anybody over. Uh, so yeah, I agree with that. I think Bill Goldberg is is definitely someone who I could, I, I wouldn't miss if they never wrestled again. Yeah, and that's that's quite a sad thing for me to agree with, but I do agree because I, I like I said I loved Goldberg and WCW. Um, yeah, that that Goldberg was was yeah. brilliant. It was it was a breath of fresh air. And the, the, the sort of teasing of the comebacks and then when the music hits and all that, I, I still got a kick out of that for every time it's happened. But now I, I don't want to see Bill Goldberg again. And I think that's a bit sad to say on, yeah. uh, for, for me, but it is what it is. They, they've made it that way. Um, Andy also says this bloke too, and sent us a picture of Robin Williams. I cannot get on board Ooh. with that, mate. Oh yeah, and he made a massive deal of it on on the recent episode of uh, Bang Bang. I mean, I'm very conflicted about this uh, any other bollocks uh, three episode because in one in one breath, uh, Steve and Andy are throwing heaps of prayers on on me and you, uh, saying how much they enjoy our content. Steve even says he's listened to Badlands, which is outstanding. But then yeah, he said uh, I don't like Robbie Williams, and I was I felt like unsubscribing and uh unfollowing him on twitter because i think that's a horrendous take um i, I, I like the gif he sent to be honest that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> um I, i've not listened to bang bang this week yet normally my routine on, on a monday well at the moment is like we sort of roll out of bed lunchtime um <laughs> but, but in the evening I, I record review at seven and then the kids go to bed i listen back to this show ready to edit it tomorrow and then I listened to a bang bang after that. And I listened to something else now called Monday Night Chores, which is another podcast I find I'm really, really enjoying. That's, I really find that funny. Um, but that's what my Monday night sort of schedule. I sit there, have a few beers, listen to bang bang, Monday Night Chores, and us back. Um, you've so I've not some... listened yet to yeah, this week's well, bang bang. So. so you've got some prayers to come then, uh, which will be fun for you. Uh, it's one of the, the sparsier uh, bang bangs. Uh, Steve does get pissed pretty quickly, uh, and he uh, he go he certainly goes off on Rob. He uh, he goes mental about Rob being obsessed with Manda and Corey. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a great listen. Brilliant stuff. I look forward to that. And anyone out there who hasn't listened to Bang Bang Podcast, as I said, you can find it on Twitter at Bang Bang Podcast, um, and there's links there to. 
uh, where all their shows are, which is all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you can normally find your podcast. Give it a listen. It is absolutely brilliant. It really entertains me. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to listening to it tonight, now, Max. If you're saying they're saying nice things about me, everyone likes that, doesn't they? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was shocked when he said he's listened to, to Badlands. It actually blew me away because he makes a massive deal of saying he don't listen to any uh, any uh, podcast from, from the Twitter scum. Mm, fair enough <laughs> um good cop bad cop at good bad wrestle okay um, the the excellent podcast there new day doesn't get them the hobbit don't get that and country music doesn't get that okay so with it being the hobbit i assume it's matt who was in control of the account this time then because he uh he made uh he, he mentioned that this weekend on radio because he's never watched any of the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit. Um, so what was the first one? New Day. Yeah, that's New a Day, bad yeah. take. Um, I think New Day have been uh, a revelation over the last uh, five or six years. Uh, I think if we didn't have the New Day, uh, wrestling, especially WWE wrestling, would have lost way more viewers. Uh, they've, uh, I think they've kept a lot of eyes on the product and they've been, uh, they've been fun. And I think wrestling needs that. Uh, the Hobbit, um, I will, the, when I see Matt in, in person, I will have to give him a slap because uh, <laughs> how dare you slate off Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Uh, get a laugh. You need, to, you need to watch those films or at least read the books. Uh, country music, I'll, I'll allow him that. Not my thing at all. Um, yeah, it's. I'd, I would rather put... Uh, toothpicks under my toenails and boot a wall than listen to country music okay <laughs> um country music for a start i again very much my whole musical taste is very much based on the more sort of heavier side of things i guess or more old school sort of classic rock and metal and so on mm-hmm. with the odd bit of cheesy 90s dance thrown in as well just it reminds me of going to shitty nightclubs in gloucester um and, it, and back when i was like 17 18 and having a great time back in those days you know uh, you know, the, the, the white jeans and soaking yourself in CK1 before you go out and all that sort of stuff. You know? <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah. Was it bottles of uh, Smirnoff Ice as well with the Rage Runner, Bacardi Breezers and all that? Not that I, I drank. That's what you bought the ladies, obviously. Oh, I you was know? a Smirnoff Mule guy. Um, yeah? Yeah. There were only a few uh, bars in my town where you could get it, and I knew which exactly which bars they were. Uh, yeah, not a big ginger ale fan at the best of times, but just something about Smirnoff, uh, Smirnoff uh, Mule, really, I got into, yeah. So that was my drink of choice. We used to drink Beck's quite a bit, because in this one bar we used to go to, it was relatively cheap. So that was the main reason we do it, we buy bottles of Beck's. And um, there was a, there's a bar in Gloucester that's like one of these sort of nightclub-y kind of, it's, it's a pub but it's open late and it's kind of nightclub-ish, if you know what I mean. Um, next to it used to be a little dingy shithole, sawdust, spit on the floor kind of place um, that people would just bypass to go to the, the one next door with the music and so on. Me and my mates started nipping in there for a couple of games of pool because it was always dead and, yeah. and they, they'd sell bottles of X fairly cheap. This one day we went in there and we went in there very early because we wanted to watch the football before going out that night and they were selling bottles of X for like, I, I can't remember, but it was it was pence. It was like forty p or fifty p a bottle or something she like had that. Had stayed in there all night. Right. Well, well, this is the thing. Um, don't get me wrong. This is the late nineties, so things were cheaper anyway. But this is really, really cheap. So me and the lads were like, "Well, okay." So we bought a few, drank them, 
And then we went back up and get some more, and they said it's the same price. So my one buddy, Dave, he asked, okay, is this like an offer tonight or something? They're like, no, we've just got loads of stock here that we want to get shot off. That's why it's so cheap. So we did what you said, Max, and just stayed there all night. We watched the football, we played pool, we just all night long. The following day, all of us were so violently ill. Oh, and I'm, off beer. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what it was. And that's why they were flogging it so cheap. And we were all just, I mean, three of us stayed over the, the aforementioned Dave's house. And we were all, it was coming out of both ends of all of us, mate. It oh, was, her, it was horrific. You know, so since that day, I've not been a big fan of Bex. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, country music. It's, it's something that I've kind of listened to a bit more in the last probably two, three months than I have done my whole life. Um, getting old. Well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> there's there's a fella called Travis Denning, and there's a couple of tracks he's done that I really, really enjoy. I reckon they're great, but it's, it's country, but it's kind of, I suppose, got a little rockier edge to it, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and his songs are just about meeting girls and going out for a beer, and um, there's one that he sings about having a, to use a false ID when he's a kid. Um, and I, I love all that sort of stuff because I can relate to that. It's not like the normal country stuff where they're sort of going, oh, my dog's dead and the wife's run off with the postman and, you know, my van's broke <laughs> down again and all that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that's, that's what they sing about, isn't it, in country oh, songs? Yeah, yeah. You know, or, or the wife's dead and the dog's run off with the postman, whatever, either way around. It's, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? So country music, I think I, I on the whole, agree with him. But that Travis Denning, couple of tracks, don't mind that. Um, the Hobbit, I can't really comment on that because I've never seen it. So, and I had the book as a kid, and I, I remember reading it when I was quite young, and thinking it was decent. But I can't remember anything about it. It isn't in the film, isn't it? The the chap from the office, is that right? Yeah, he plays uh, Bilbo. Right, Bilbo. What a great name, <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, quite a <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah, um, with the movies. Uh, uh, the, it fleshes the book out a hell of a lot because uh, the book was only about 300 pages uh, but because the Lord of the Rings trilogy was so successful um, New Line Cinema wanted another trilogy so Peter Jackson basically had to um, add characters and, and add like plot devices to make one book stretch into three uh, okay so it's a bit slow is it uh, it's not that it's slow, it's just that there's people in the film that are not in the book. Uh, some things that uh, that happen in the film are, are not mentioned in the book. They're more mentioned in like the uh, the J.R.R. Tolkien appendices where he adds like a little bit of extra context. Um, so it's a bit like that. It, it's, I wouldn't say it's plodding. Uh, it, it, it runs at a fairly decent pace, but if you know the original story, you'll you'll certainly see where they've kind of veered off course a little bit. I get you. Okay. Um, and the New Day, again, I'm, I'm mostly with you on that, Mags. I think the New Day, I think they've been good for wrestling. Um, they've entertained me. They've entertained my wife and kids. So that's, I suppose, different generations or different ages and so on. So they can't all be bad. I went for a spell of absolutely hating them. I've been sick of seeing them for probably about a year, but I can't pinpoint when that was. I just remember every time they come on the telly, just being like, oh, for God's sake, not again. But I'm over that now. So, yeah, new day, <laughs> I, I ain't sure about. So, <laughs> um, Oh, we had another from Dan Griffin. Sorry, Dan, I, 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 did, I missed that one out the first time around. Um, Michael McIntyre, he says he finds it baffling that he makes a living off comedy, 
given he's never said anything he Dan has found even remotely funny and then calls him a fucking con man which I thought was great (laughs) (laughs) Um, speaking now I agree with him Uh, when Michael McIntyre first made it big I found some of his stuff slightly funny um, because it was new and it was fresh Uh, but yeah his 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 Version of comedy is certainly, uh, is certainly kind of, go- I've gone off it. Mm. So yeah, I agree with him with that. So I watched um, one of his shows. I don't know if it was when he made it big or a smaller stand-up one or whatever, and it made me laugh because it was talking about having kids and so on. It was a lot that I could relate mm. to at that at that exact time in my life, I yeah. guess. And it was, you know, that was quite good. But uh, it, there's just something about him. You look at it and you think. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll put it this way: he's on my list. If that makes sense, have I told you about? Have I told you about the list? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Like a kill list. No, it's a list of people that if I ever, you know, what sometimes you, you and your wife might have a list of people, famous people that if you meet and it's some weird scenario, it's okay to sleep with them. You get a pass on it, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying Michael McIntyre is on that list, but in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I've also got a list of. If there's if famous people, if I bump into them, um, the wife won't get narky with me for punching them in the face. Okay. And Michael McIntyre is on that list just because he looks so smug all the time. It's the floppy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Michael McIntyre, um, John Bon Jovi, and Celine Dion make up make up most of that list. To be fair, so, but, Celine Dion. I mean, that's yeah. a bit mean. No, I, I just can't. I mean, we spoke about it the other, the other week, didn't we? When we had a recording a few weeks back, I just can't be doing all that warbling bullshit. I know, but does that warrant smacking her in the snap box? Um, no, not on its own. But when you do a cover of an ACDC song with that warbling bullshit, yeah, she needs a punch in the chops. I'll tell you that. Okay, I mean, that's. I suppose that's fair. And John Bon Jovi is just too pretty a man, isn't he? You can't be a rock star in the eighties and make it to this age and have teeth that look that good. He needs a smack in the mouth, yeah. you know. Loosen a few of them. Yeah, he's a smug git. Um, <laughs> uh, Millwall Chris at Millwall Chris One on Twitter. Um, the Rock and Roll Express says he knows they were over like Rover, but just didn't get them. Now that's interesting to me because I think the Rock and Roll Express are fantastic. Well, were fantastic. I mean. I can kind of see Chris's point. I, I didn't see a lot of them in their kind of a, in their heyday. Um, and what I've seen of them is is more from when they were like semi-retired or, or kind of like um, the 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 old age gentlemen of, of the of the wrestling world. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I understand their kind of. Um, influence on wrestling today and, and on especially on tag team wrestling and I, I'll always kind of like have that uh praise from uh, for that being uh, someone who uh who's, who's tag team wrestling is their is their bread and butter. I absolutely love it. But from not seeing them in their hair day, yeah, I can kind of see um Millwall Chris's point with that. So yeah, I agree with him. Yeah, okay. Have you you seen them now you say you seen them more recently? Yeah. Like the yeah. stuff they've, they've done for Ring of Honor and NWA and uh, the bits they've done in uh, AEW. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, I, I love the fact that they're still doing effectively exactly the same gimmick with the hair and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And I think it's fantastic because, I mean, they, they, they obviously they're men of a certain age now, so fair play to them. They're much fitter than I've ever been in my whole life, even though they're, you know, substantially older than I. But um, 
I, I look at it and I think that's exactly what I'm going to look like when I get to like in my 60s. I'm going to have a mullet where I'm bald on top. So I refuse to cut my hair. <laughs> the, the, is it the Robert Gibson look? Yeah, exactly. And then you got, um, oh, what's the other fella's name? Ricky Morton, isn't it? Yeah, Morton. Yeah, every now and again, he does that thing where, I mean, my granddad used to do it, and this is where I get it from. Um, where I sort of make the the connection, I suppose. My granddad, now he's, he's passed away, bless him. But he used to do a thing where he sort of go all gummy in his mouth, and I'm like, oh, sort yeah, of thing, yeah, you know, yeah. where he's got his false teeth and they're moving around a bit and stuff, you know. And you see him doing it on promos. <laughs> <laughs> that tickles me, you know. Um, Chris also says Game of Thrones. Uh, I, I've never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones. Um, I would like to, at some stage, give it a watch. It's something me and the wife have both said we'll watch together at some point, just because of the hype around it. But I, I've never seen it, so I don't. Re- I can't really comment. I guess. Again, kind of like uh, the 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 Peaky Blinders stuff. I never got in, never got into it uh, when the hype was was uh, kicking off. For it, I, I got I started watching around the time the last season got uh, got um, released. So me and the wife essentially binge watched it over the space of a few weeks, and yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a, a, a really well done show. Um, Really good acting, uh, some really exciting uh, kind of um, um, action. Uh, the dragon stuff was was done really well. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant show. Uh, okay, I'll have to go. I mean, that's the way that I like to watch box sets or, or TV series yeah. as well. Because well, I, the- I, I ain't having a wait week out. I'm unforgotten on ITV at the moment. I love that show. And I've been waiting for the new season to come out for, for Yonks. And it got to like episode four. And I, I started watching them thinking, great, that's going to be the end. Because it's, it's an English series, so it was really short. I was so pissed when I got to the end of episode four and realised I had to wait a week for the next episode. Yeah. Oh, it drove me nuts. Well, I've, uh, I've watched a, a programme on Netflix called Snowpiercer um, about this train uh, going through. The, the world's been frozen over and the only kind of surviving people are on this, this one train. And it's like about, um, about how that... Classes of people are, are like put down on from like people who are richer and more well to do, and the first series absolutely loved it. But on on Netflix, it's usually a whole you get all the series in one go, so yeah. you can you can binge to your heart's content. Well, this one it's a week by week uh, release, uh, so I think there's about twelve episodes per season, and they're on about na- episode nine now. So I've I've had to wait watching it because I know if I watch up to episode nine I'll be fuming that I have to wait till next week to watch episode ten. So I'm holding off on purpose until all the episodes are, are available then I can watch them uh in whichever way I want to binge them. Yeah man I mean that's what happened again with this this unforgotten is the best example I can use because it is literally happening now the last episode is on in a couple of hours as we talk now. So is that um, season four? Because I've watched the yeah. first three seasons. Yeah, season four. Yeah, so after tonight, Mag, you'll have season four on the on the on demand. And again, it's it's bloody oh, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, uh, I, I, that, was another show, that was another show that I didn't get into, and then it turned up on Netflix. Um, mm. We watched the first three seasons of it. Uh, I think that I don't. It's the woman called Nicola Foster or something like that. The actress. She's superb. And uh, the the Indian guy, Sandeep uh, Basketball, oh my God, what a brilliant actor he is. Oh, he's a dude, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But that was it. I mean, I got I, I sort of watched the first four episodes, got annoyed I had to wait a week, watched episode five, and I'm sat there and I've got to the last five minutes of the episode and I'm thinking... That, they better wrap this up quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of... <laughs> they, they're going to catch the killer, like, 
something's just going to happen. The killer must literally walk into their office and go, yeah, it was me. And then the credits go up. Because yeah. I'm thinking there's not long left. And then it ended on a cliffhanger last week. And I was like, shit, I've got to wait another week. <laughs> On-demand well, stuff has ruined television for us, mate, I think. It has. It has. Uh, the, mm. the season they had David Tennant in it, I think, was uh, superb. Was it David Tennant? Not David Tennant. No, David Tennant was Doctor Scottish Who, guy. The Scottish guy. Um, what was he in? Oh, I think he was in that phone shop. Um, basically, the the one who would was in care, and he'd been uh, they'd been I think he'd been molested or something like that. Uh, that that season was was really really good, and the one where they found the bones in the the central reservation that was a good one. Yeah, I mean that's basically half the seasons. You know, there's you know, not many of them, and I think they're all fantastic. So yeah. Yeah, ITV really needs ITV needs to start sending us a bit of a bump, mate. ITV needs to send mm-hmm. us some money because we're plugging I mean, their shit. ITV <laughs> bang out some quality drama in Broadchurch is superb. Uh, I'm not seeing that. Oh well, there's another one you need to watch them. That's got Doctor Who in it, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll check that out. Okay, uh, Griffin K at Griffin K one says he. Well, I'm just assuming this means he doesn't get to the Rolling Stones. He he will never see the Rolling Stones as competition to the Beatles. I, I'm I like the Beatles, but I'm a big Stones fan, so I can't really get on board with that. I like I like both bands. If, if I'm to pick one, I probably would lean more towards the Stones. If I'm if I'm being honest, I mean I'd lean the other way. I'm like you. I like I like um, stuff from both of them, um, but I think I've been probably been a Northerner. And and uh, kind of like enjoying more of the Beatles stuff, I, I'd lean towards them. But I think not liking the Stones at all is a that's a a, a sparsy take. Yeah, well, he just doesn't get it, Mags. <laughs> I mean, fair play to him. Yeah. Um, at Ricky and Clive, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. This will be terrible. Well, um, it depends if it starts with. Oh, colon, it may be a good take if it starts with it's a C, C colon. Yeah, it's going to be a terrible... It's going to either be a bullying mags take or it's going to be just a horrific take because uh, Ricky... I mean, Clav doesn't have good takes even though he listens every week and I'm only I'm only pulling your leg, Clav. <laughs> um, obviously, just doesn't get anything that's not the Ascension's theme music. So, I mean, again, Ascension Theme Music was pretty cool, but, yeah, there's other music out there, mate. <laughs> um, I mean, I, it's, it's a decent theme tune. I don't think it's anywhere near the best. It's no real American, is it? Well, I mean, that's horrific. That's just got connotations of racism all over it. Uh, in terms of theme music, I, I like uh, the the Good Brothers um uh, Omen in the Sky, that's a, a decent tune. Any any of Edge's uh, theme music was absolutely A1 for me. Um, I like Alistair Black's theme music. Yeah. I just like anything metal, I think. Mm. <laughs> I'm quite simple like that. Um, the Sopranos just doesn't get the Sopranos. Uh, my it. wife, again, will agree, my wife Sharon should agree with him there. Yep, it's another program that I, uh, I, I heard the harp for it, never watched it. Absolutely brilliant but quite slow in places is probably the best way of putting that. And lastly, he says he just doesn't get Tony Storm. Yeah. Uh, I can see his point. Um, I remember a, a, a stuff from um, from Stardom and uh, the, the, the stuff that she did on the Indies and the WWE version of Tony Storm is not a patch on, on that version, so I can understand his point there. So really, he's had actually good takes. I'll take back the, 
the the name calling clav you're a good egg in my book <laughs> uh last few to sort of round it off then before we actually talk about some wrestling um Ben has messaged us on Twitter at chain underscore wrestling to get hold of us. Um, and it's at Ben DI Jim. Um, wrestler he doesn't get, Kenny Omega. We've covered that. Yep. Okay. Um, film he doesn't get, The Suicide Squad. It's a great soundtrack, shitty film. Um, okay. I've, I've not seen it, but one of my big things that I don't get are Marvel or DC and all that sort of thing. That's not it's just not my cup of tea. The, the wife loves it, loves mm-hmm. all of it, watches all the films, has loads of merch, t-shirts, little models of the people and loves it. I just, I just don't get it. And music, um, he just doesn't get Pink Floyd, specifically Dark Side of the Moon. Doesn't see where it's so highly rated. Um, I'm, I'm not a massive Floyd fan myself, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, it doesn't offend me, but you know, I mean, I can listen to it. I wouldn't miss it if it wasn't there. Um, so I, I, I can slightly agree with that. The Marvel and DC stuff. Um, yeah, um, I, Marvel for me is, it's I, I like certain films, but uh, as a whole, um, the, it's just too involving for me. There's, you just need to know too much and you need to have watched everything to really get what's going on, uh, which... Yeah, that doesn't really vibe with me. DC, yeah, again, I think they've just been let down by poor films over the last few uh, years or so. Suicide Squad, I enjoyed um, as on its own as as like a piece of film. Soundtrack was absolutely superb. I agree with that bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're fairly decent takes, I suppose. Well done, Ben. <laughs> um... At As if he's looking bot. for validation from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, at Von Tugbot has Ooh, messaged in. This will be brutal. Uh, he says he just doesn't get Bang Bang podcast. A yeah, bold, a bold dwarf and a sweary, opinionated drunk talk about stuff they clearly have no love for, and are basically chancing fucking amateurs. The whole thing is offensive. Yeah. Um, I. I like the show, so... <laughs> I, mean, I, I do as well. What I don't like is the horrific beers that uh, Steve drinks. He drinks some rat shat. I don't know. See, I like a few ales. I like a few, every, he reads some of them out, and I'm like, I would never buy that myself. I would never go into a shop, pick it up, and go, okay. But then I hear Steve describe it, and I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah. Now, now I do want one of those. He's, you know, he's, it's like... <laughs> he's almost like an artisan with the, yeah. the way he describes and uh, I don't think he's very impressed with uh, unbooking the territory, stealing the gimmick of, uh, of drinking beers and, and, and rating them on, on the show. Um, but is there anything that Steve is impressed with? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I think the show is absolutely brilliant. Just yeah. belly laughs after belly laughs after belly laughs. So he's got a bad take there. Um, <laughs> saying that he doesn't get Bang Bang podcast. He should start listening to it every once in a while. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's the issue. Um, <laughs> Brian J at B underscore Sheck on Twitter. Uh, again, I apologise to people. We're going to have to fire through some of these a little bit quickly now. Um, this one's going to be quite easy to fire through, I think. Wrestler-wise, he just doesn't get Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Bobby Lashley. Not that they aren't talented, just doesn't like watching them. And again, down to different people's opinions, I guess. Yeah. Um, They've all been around for so long. There's been spells where I've not enjoyed them, but there's also times where I have. So, um, yep. again, different strokes are different folks. Yeah, 
and then music and he's putting brackets he's going to piss some people off here he has pink floyd tom petty the rolling stones and then he goes on to list metallica motley crew aerosmith and finally acdc it's best if i just don't comment on that because i'll lose my temper um (laughs) (laughs) but again each to their own mate each to their own like abusing the podcast that you're you're writing to to comment on um your takes are your takes, uh, and yeah, whether you're wrong, you are the person who you have to live with, and you have to sleep at night. So I don't agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, GH at Carry the Gary, uh, uh-huh. wrestler he doesn't get Edge. Um, going back, he can enjoy his stuff, but never seen see him as an all time great. Um, he says he missed 2006, 2007-ish of WWE, though, which is, I suppose, a big period of what made Edge great. Um, TV shows, all of them. <laughs> he only watches wrestling and his comedy. So I suppose, yeah, doesn't get TV. Fair enough. <laughs> um, it's a broad, that's a broad statement. Yeah. Like, all of the TV ever. All TV ever. <laughs> well, no, his comedy, he says here. So that's all right. So, I don't know, what's that, bottom? <laughs> You know, yeah, <laughs> uh, and music, um, Muse, and I, I can get on board with that, they're okay. It, you know, if it comes on the radio or the music channels or whatever, I think, yeah, it's all right, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't rush out to buy an album. And, and they've headlined festivals I've been at, and I've gone back to the tent, I just don't get it. So, okay, I mean, I, I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Muse fan, uh, Tolly, uh, the my Badlands co-host, he absolutely adores Muse. Uh, I like some of the stuff, but I'm not someone who, who I would be heartbroken if they broke up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, TV, I mean, if you don't get TV, you don't get TV. I mean, who am I to judge? Um, what And the wrestling one, Edge, oof, that... I can't get down with that take. I've uh, been an edgehead since uh, saw him coming through the crowds on his on his debut. Uh, yeah, I've I've thought Edge is always going to be something special. Uh, there was a point in his career when I thought he was just not going to be able to break through that glass ceiling. He's always going to be around uh, the intercontinental title level. Uh, but then when I had like my breakaway from wrestling. Um, where I was just essentially just watching the pay-per-views. Um, it, that's when he, he smashed through that um, glass ceiling and became <laughs> a, a really good character wrestler. Uh, he definitely and- smashed something, mate, to get his heel. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. I can't get on board with that take of uh, Edge being, I don't get it, because I definitely did get it. Yeah. Yeah, just breaking through that glass ceiling. I mean, if, if, if he'd have known all these years, all he had to do was... Uh, slip it to his best mate's missus, then he'd probably got that push sooner, wouldn't he? But there we go. For Vince, he would have definitely got it sooner. <laughs> um, at UTT, Rob, oh, allegations aside, he says he's never got the Matt Riddle hype. Um, he's never seen Game of Thrones, but I suppose if you've never seen it, same as me, I guess. And Luke Gallows' sense of humour just doesn't get it. Yeah, uh, the match... Matt Riddle stuff. I know of Matt Riddle from his uh, MMA days, so I kind of get the character a little bit more. Um, he's a he's because of what's happened in his uh, in his personal life. I've kind of gone off him as a as a, a talent, but I still understand why he's as as popular as he is. Uh, the Game of Thrones one we've been through that. If uh, it's something that you, you you do need to try if you've got the time. Um, 
And uh, what was the last one? Uh, Luke Gallows' sense oh, of humour. Yeah, it's uh, it's very very attitude era wannabe. Uh, the stuff he does on on being the elite, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Um, talking about missing matches because they were having a wank. It's just very crass. Oh, okay. It's it's humour that belongs in the mid nineties. Um, I mean, it's if you find that funny, good, all power to you. But yeah, I'm, I think I'd like to think my uh, comedy tastes have grown a little bit from that. Missing matches because he's having a wank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the Good Brothers did a whole spot where they were meant to come out and save the the young bucks, uh, but uh, Luke didn't come out because they were in the toilet having a wank. Um, and he wanks about 12 times a day. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, they must have a very, very red penis. <laughs> Luke Gallows and the red knob. At <laughs> <laughs> um, Ray Joe Tucker's wrestler who doesn't get uh, Brock Lesnar. Oh. I, I can, I can, I, I suppose it's easy to go down that road, isn't it? But it, it is very divisive. Brock Lesnar, a lot of people think he's he's good for the business a lot of people just don't get it because it's, it, the, it just seems like a great deal they're just suplex after suplex i'm one who does enjoy brock lesnar i think i, I enjoy having him on my screen i think he's a very talented guy and when he's i suppose when he's motivated or when he's got something he can really sink his teeth into i think he's brilliant um what yeah, about you max I yeah i think uh brock is a, a generational talent I, um I understand people not like him because of the way he conducts his business, but the one thing he, about him is he knows what he's worth uh, and he knows uh, d- how to get the most money for, for doing the least amount of work, which is mm. essentially what the wrestling business should be about. Um, yeah. I think once he's gone, um, the the kind of um, vitriol towards him will fade and will realise that um, – that this kind of person only comes around once, uh, once in a generation, and and will miss what he brings to the business. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, Matt Phipps at Buffy fifty two fifty two says, "Just doesn't get the Bella Twins. No in ring talent. Just doesn't get it." I can mm-hmm. see that. I can see why people think that. But obviously, they sort of came from an era that. that the trail end of how you looked was more important to how you worked, I guess, on the women's side. So you can, you can understand that, I suppose. I mean, we've covered their match, uh, on, on here and it was a, a fan match. It was, uh, it did what it needed to do. They were never a team that I was particularly interested in. Uh, they're in that all kind of period where I was like tuned out of the weekly product. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't have missed them not being there, but I do understand what they've done for. Um, for they've, they've been able to make themselves um, a career from it, and they've been able to uh, push into the the mainstream, which a lot of wrestling talent have not been able to do. So I think uh, they 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 go underrated because of that, because of how they were able to use uh, wrestling to push into the mainstream and kind of take wrestling along with the with the journey for them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, again, something else I cannot comment on because I've never seen it. But that nineties wrestling pod uh, says it just doesn't get Avatar. I've never seen it, so I can't not, comment. It's not a film I've ever seen or ever wanted to see. Um, yeah, it, 
I saw how long the first film was, and it just turned me off straight away for a new a new uh, film to be like three hours long. Yeah, I just wasn't interested in it. Mm. Um, the Interstate Wrestling Podcast at IS WrestlePod uh, says the wrestler it, they don't get is Brock again. So we've we've just covered that um, film Star Wars: The Last Jedi. As a Star Wars fan, as Star Wars fans, sorry, on the side of no thanks with this one. Uh, music don't get you to on a close second. Red Hot Chili Peppers. I can get. I, I, I'm with them on the pet chili peppers. I, I'm not a massive fan of theirs. Oh, I don't. No. I don't I, grasp a lot of it. I like some of that stuff. Not all of it, but certainly the uh, Californication um, era of, of stuff. I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, and Star Wars. Um, I like the, the original first three films, but yeah, the, late, the later ones, on you know, take it or leave it for me. Really, the first three uh, outstanding. Um, I really dropped off after um, the Attack of the Clones. Uh, I thought Phantom Menace was was all right. Uh, I didn't like some of the stuff that was in it, like the explaining of the midichlorians, and uh, I felt that that wasn't needed. Uh, but after we get to uh, this new trilogy, yes, it just it it, um, it doesn't interest me. So I haven't watched any of it. Um. Uh, Jelly Pickle J at Jelly Pickle J on Twitter. Uh, wrestler Booker T. I, 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 I like Booker T. I I'm a I, huge I like Booker, Booker T. fan. Um, music Crywank. I don't know what that is. Is that when you like you've been heartbroken and you think you need to bash one out? Or perhaps it's when you've done it twelve times a day and your knobs are red like you've done. <laughs> you just cry. And you just need some ointment or something. Yeah, your penis is weeping. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I'm I'm intrigued to know what what the musical thing here, cry wank, is, but I don't want to Google cry wank because I know what's going to come up, you know. So it's like, um, and TV shows or reality TV, yeah. I can get on board with that. Yeah, uh, there's been very few reality TV shows that I've actually enjoyed. Um, cry wank, never heard of them. Uh, don't particularly sound good to me. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with with at least those takes. Mm, yeah, um, call up wrestling at call up wrestling. Uh, does again he, he mentions the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson. Just doesn't get it. I, I again, I, 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 I always think, oh wow, there they are, and like it's a big deal. But then when they actually wrestle, it it, it doesn't quite live up to it. If mm-hmm. if that makes sense. The New Japan stuff they did when they were heavily in the Bullet Club stuff, I, I was into. Uh, then they dropped off the the planet for me when they came to WWE. It was they were just one of those uh, kind of acts that that Vince brought in, thinking that they were they were popular, and then he got bored because it's a new toy, and then just palmed them off. Uh, and then the stuff they've done in Impact and AEW, yeah, just I don't get what. It's it just I don't find it funny, basically. Mm. Yeah, I get you. Um, at Sparky seven six three eight uh, champion on Twitter, he's called Roman Reigns. Just doesn't Ooh. get the Roman Reigns hype. He says just doesn't get it. Um, I think the heel Reigns is fantastic. I was bloody sick of him before this happened, mm-hmm. but in ring. I think the guy's very talented as far as WWE goes because they all, they all wrestle a WWE style. He's very good at that style, I think. 
Yeah, I think he's uh, one of the best WWE-style wrestlers. Uh, I, I kind of like you. Uh, I don't think uh, I, 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 I disliked him as much, but I was certainly... Um, it was all right. It was just never one of my favourites. Um, but this heel version of Roman, I would happily watch that every single week. Um, I think I'd like to see him on a, a long-term kind of a Carter-style run with the title where he's just eats out the the win all the time and nobody can beat him. Um I think this this it's what we've been crying out for as a as a, a wrestling community, a Roman Reigns with a bit of edge and it's absolutely working. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh last two then. Pinto Beans at Pinto Beans twenty. CM Punk, never got it. Don't like mm-hmm. him on the mic. Don't care much for his in ring work. Hated his title rings. Um, I, I like Punk I, I can't get on board with that personal opinion there what are your thoughts Mags? I agree with him uh, Punk was he was he was one of the stars of the, the period where I was just not watching so I didn't get that initial emotional connection with him uh, I've gone back and watched a lot of his stuff it's just it's nothing for, for me is, is groundbreaking he doesn't do he does the stuff very very well mm-hmm. um, but he doesn't it doesn't do anything that particularly stands out for me. Um, on the mark, I mean, aside from that, uh, the part bomb, n- nothing really appeals or stood out to me about him. And then on social media, it blocked me for absolutely no reason. So I'm fully on board with uh, Punk <laughs> being a wanker. So, yeah. Oh, mate, you're just salty because Punk blocked you. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I like CM Punk. That whole Summer of Punk thing was great. The stuff of the Nexus was great. The Straight Edge Society stuff I really enjoyed as well. So I'm afraid I'm going to have to disagree with, with you two fellas on that. It's okay to be wrong. Well, I'm glad you come for your way of stand. <laughs> <laughs> And lastly, uh, Dave, my mate Ari, uh, Dave Poyle, um, the band Ghost, can't stand it, load of shite. He says he'd rather not off a horse, which is interesting. Um, I don't, I've only heard a couple of songs of Ghost. Um, they're okay, not my cup of tea, even though they are more, I suppose, in my wheelhouse, being a, a rock stroke metal band, but yeah, not, not something for me. And also the TV series Friends, just never got it. Um I like Friends. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it at the time. I, it's not, it's not a program I go back and and watch again on the regular. I think it's aged uh, not very well. Uh, Ghost, I've I've heard of the band. I can't tell you a single track. Um, yeah, not really my cup of tea, I suppose. No, I think they're if I'm thinking of the right band, uh, Dave, I apologize for getting this wrong, but they, they're all masked up and stuff and you never really know who different members of the band are. That kind of thing I find quite interesting. Um, kind of but, like Slipknot, eh? Yeah, but you never know who Slipknot are, don't they? Do you know what I mean? But similar in a way, they, they're all dressed up like that. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily monsters. They almost look like, just to explain yeah well yeah i suppose <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's rumors of uh, the guitarist being this fella or the singer being somebody else whatever uh, oh. but I, find, I find that quite interesting but yeah the music wise is not it's not massively for me to be fair yeah yeah so there we go i mean thank you very very much to everybody 
for getting in touch with the show um again if you don't do this if you're if you're not interacting if, you, if you're not getting involved then honestly this show might as well not happen so i hugely hugely appreciate everyone getting in touch it's it's great thank you very much yeah. for that everybody the, absolutely the more the merrier i mean even though we don't agree with uh, some of your takes and some of them we absolutely do agree with, we absolutely love the fact that you're all getting involved. Uh, and, yeah, we, we love the interaction from you guys. And as Simon has said multiple times, this show is infinitely better because you guys get involved and we're getting that feedback from you. So we much appreciate every single one of you. Exactly. No. Okay, should we talk some wrestling then, Max? About bloody time, only about an hour into recording. Yeah, uh, an hour in, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, Hardcore Heaven 2000, Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam. Go and watch it, and I'll see you next week, Sam. Yeah, yeah, it's quite good. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at... <laughs> Ah, uh, no, it's it's it is good. It is very good. ECW Hardcore Heaven 2000. Mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam um, returning from a broken leg, having been out for a few months, facing off against Jerry Lynn, who I suppose is somebody he's worked with quite a bit for ECW, and every match they have it, it is a belter. Um, yeah, I, I really really enjoyed this match. I watched the majority of the pay per view uh, while it was on in the background as I was sort of coming and going throughout the room. This match, obviously, I watched in its entirety for the show, but I, I enjoyed what I saw. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favourite uh, ECW pay-per-views. Uh, as I've said before on this show, I got into ECW pretty late uh, whilst it, the company was winding down. Uh, and this is one of the first two or three uh, ECW DVDs that I went and picked up. Yeah, and I think it's... Um, Overall, it's probably one of ECW's better pay-per-view cards. Um, and for me... Uh, Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn is one of the signature feuds, kind of like their uh, Austin versus The Rock style feuds for for the build of ECW. Really, kind of um, exemplifies what was good about ECW, bringing like this amazing technical wrestling talent uh, and and mixing it with like the hardcore blood and gut style that the that the uh, ECW faithful absolutely loved, uh, and then using this to to kind of draw in the 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 casual fans and and making the the company more and more popular i think that uh rob van Dam and jerry lynn are so so good together the chemistry is just outstanding yeah definitely and and it shows um very much early on with like the opening exchange I i suppose it's kind of that indie wrestler exchange that a lot of matches do now at the beginning isn't it with like people missing leg sweeps and missing high kicks and ducking under clotheslines and back and forth, back and forth, and they both have a standoff afterwards. The difference is here, sorry, Max, the difference is here, these are two quite big guys doing this. They're not two little indie guys. I I think uh, Jerry Lynn's about 220, Mm -hmm. uh, and and Rob is certainly uh, quite a bit bigger. Um, But the the technical skill and, and the agility they both have, just off the charts. Yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, there's something as well about somebody Van Damme's size doing the moves he does. Mm-hmm. Not just this exchange with Jolie in the beginning, but some of the, you know, some of the, the, the rolling thunder, as they call it, and, and the sort of cartwheel into a moonsault. I mean, nowadays, we see guys doing 
these sort of things, regardless of size, I guess. But 20 odd years ago, I mean, I remember the first time I saw Rob Van Dam match, and it was actually against Jerry Lynn, but it was from Guilty as Charged the following year. So oh, yeah. it, it was um, not this one, but, you know, a, you know, the same sort of format, I guess, same guys in, in the ring. And it blew my mind seeing this guy jump on the guardrail and flip off it and just stuff I'd never, ever seen before. He's got the agility of a cruiserweight. Yeah. And and yet the the power of a, of a heavyweight. It's just the guy is as much a, a generational talent as Brock Lesnar is. Yeah, well, that's a big shake, that. That's a big shake. But I can see where you're coming from because it is, it, is, it is different to everything else that was going on for a fellow who's... I mean, what's he... What do we say? It was two, three, four, four, two, three, five, whatever it was, pounds. Yeah, probably around that. Yeah. I mean, put that into context. That's exactly the same as what Bret Hart what used to weigh in his prime. And you wouldn't see Bret Hart being able to leap from the 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 mat to the top rope and mm. turn in midair to to balance perfectly on the corner and then do a a, a five star frog splash and able to to turn in midair doing that. Uh, yeah. It was just. It was like his body was made of rubber. Exactly, and then the one as well when they do, rather than just a drop down for someone to, you know, the, the old spot where the, the one wrestler leapfrogs, the other guy goes into the ropes as he comes back, he drops down and he steps over him. Van Dam goes down into the splits. Yeah, and well, just he, little touches like that, just absolutely he, incredible. He actually invented a, a weightlifting lift called the uh, the Van Dam lift, where he does the splits between two chairs and lifts the the weights from uh, off the floor in, in the middle. That's actually called the Van Dam lift. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's and it's incredible to see, isn't it? Like it's <laughs> just so athletic. It's amazing. Um, the crowd are absolutely in, the crowd in ECW. I suppose really does help make every ECW event, mm-hmm. uh, and it's one of the things they're most famous for. Isn't it? The, the, the fanatical um, support that that brand had. They were but, rabid. Oh, this rabid. show and this match. Oh my goodness, they were so into it, weren't they? Yeah, and, and the crowd actually play into the uh, the actual build up of the storyline because um, whilst uh, Rob Van Dam and and Jerry Lynn you could throw together and you know you're going to have a good match, this one actually did have a, a little bit of story behind it. So basically, uh, Rob Van Dam had been uh, TV champion for for the best part of two years, uh, gone unbeaten in all his time in in ECW, uh, and then he broke his leg. Uh, which meant he uh, he was out of action for a while. Um, and at that time, uh, Cyrus the Virus, who we now know as uh, the Invisible Hand, Don Callis, he mm-hmm. was representing the network because ECW were having issues with T, uh, TNN, who were uh, actively courting WWE uh, and trying to replace ECW. So he was there kind of uh, the way that ECW could slag off the network without getting into trouble so he want he basically stripped uh van damme of the the tv title um and whilst all this was happening jerry lynn was also out injured with um i think he broke his ankle so jerry lynn came back about a month before rob van damme um with a whole kind of new attitude where he was pissed off because the fans uh had been cheering for Rob Van Dam all the way through his uh his injury. Uh he was mentioned constantly on the TV show and on pay-per-views and everybody had forgotten about Jerry Lynn. Nobody cared about Jerry Lynn. So he got kind of like pissed off about that. Um which led to uh Cyrus trying to court Jerry Lynn into joining the network. Uh Jerry uh totally refused um, but then when Rob did come back, 
Um, Jerry was even more pissed off because he was getting like these massive ovations. He was uh, uh, Jerry was getting coming out to crickets almost, and the fans were che- cheering Rob Van Dam. So that caused this match happening, and it kind of led into what happened in later on in the match with uh, the interruptions. There were network uh, employees ran all work for the network, uh, so they all got involved. And then it leads on to the story after this match as well, where uh, Jerry Lynn is is still being caught by the network, um, whilst Rob Van Dam has a, a kind of like a, a battle against his his friend that that essentially cost him the match. Uh, see, I was going to ask about that. The the run-ins at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I watch most. I watch a lot of these matches. I suppose cold. I guess I don't. Yeah. If I don't remember the storyline, um, I'll go back and look some of them up, or I remember bits and bobs, and I want to check that what I remember is is correct. But with this, I, I thought, okay, Jerry Lynn, RVD, they've had a series of matches. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a fantastic match. I went back and watched it. I didn't. I didn't have any clue or wasn't aware of the stuff with the network. Um, and when they all, they all ran in at the end of the show, I was a little bit like, well, what's going on here? And I actually found that a bit of a shame because I really enjoyed the match. Yeah. But that mean, kind of it, ruined it. I think even knowing the story, um, I, I always felt that, that, uh, Jack victory and Steve Crean are coming in and, and, uh, and attacking Rob, on behalf of the network. And then the ran or stuff, uh, where he, he spears, I think he spears Jerry Lynn, uh, all that I didn't, I thought was too much. If you mm. understand what I mean, especially if you're going to have the 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 heel turn of Scotty Anton, who was Rob Van Dam's best friend. Um, I felt that if you just have had that heel turn, it would have been ample. But I suppose if you've got a storyline where uh, the network are totally against Rob Van Dam and wanting to to bring uh, Jerry Lynn on board, it makes sense. But I think it was just it was a little bit overbooked for me. Uh, and I mean, I can totally see your point of not knowing kind of the backstory. You'll be like, what the fuck are these getting involved for? And it yeah. didn't need it. Um, so, yeah, I, I do understand your point. And for me, it's, I feel pretty much the same. Apart from the, the Scotty Anton, that, that bit made sense for me. Yeah, and I suppose as well, um, having having had the whole show on, ECW and this show in particular was was just batshit crazy, wasn't it? There's so much going on all the time, run-ins yeah. here, and the, there was so much happening with other people running in on matches, other people uh, turning up out the blue, multi-man matches. Um, virtually everybody's got managers or, or seconds or valets with them. There always seems to be a lot of people on screen all the time, which is fine to a degree. But when you have all of this at the end of this match as well, it wasn't just for this match. I felt the whole show then came across a little bit like that. There's just a little bit too much, if that makes yeah. sense. Oh, some overbooking. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got some brilliant spots in there anyway. Um, Rob Van Dam. Uh, sorry, Rob, yeah, Rob Van Dam at one stage goes for a hip toss. Uh, Jerry Lynn counters it into a really nasty-looking DDT. I thought that was that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. That looked really good. Um, Bill Alfonso brings a chair into the ring later on in the match, and we get some some stuff. The chair's on the floor, and we have an amazing counter to a leg sweep, uh, 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 and then yeah, Jerry yeah. Lynn turns into a, a leg drop, I guess, onto, onto RVG. Yeah, yeah. That, that for me. I mean, this this match is just full of uh, essentially what this show's about: great chain wrestling. Um, I don't think this 
there's two wrestlers that I know of who could do it quite like uh, Jerry and, and Rob Van Der Hoff. I think they just work together beautifully. But that particular spot with the with the um, the, the the finish of the the chain being the, the the missed leg sweep and then dropping into that leg drop on the chair, I thought it was beautiful. Absolutely that's fantastic. Beautiful. That's that's exactly what I want from wrestling, my wrestling. That's mm-hmm. the sort of thing I want. Move for move, counter counter, j- just absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, Rob Van Dam goes for a monkey flip out of the corner onto the chair at one stage. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lynn counters that into a kind of sunset flip powerbomb effort and sends Van Dam halfway across the ring onto the chair. And that, that's just, I mean, I've just got a note here that says, why? That was incredible. Yeah. It's just stunning. The, the things that these two guys could do with with a chair as a prop is just phenomenal. I mean, the amount of missed uh, Van Terminator spots in the in the match is just absolutely brilliant. Uh, there's a, a, a there's a, a segment where I think Jerry Lynn is leaning over the 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 fans guardrail. Bill Alfonso is holding a chair up, and, and Rob Van Dam does a, a corkscrew uh, spinning leg drop onto a chair and yeah it's just outstanding absolutely yeah. outstanding just absolutely brilliant stuff um a table gets involved the, yeah. the tables um it's really set up at ringside because the, i think i think it's like it's an additional commentary team there or something mags maybe are uh, uh, sat at the, the table at ringside and it just gets um its contents cleared and it's on the outside of the ring and they tease a suplex into it at one stage and then they tease something else and then it ends up with jerry lynn bulldogging rvd through the table and as simple as that is just a, just a straightforward bulldog a running headlock bulldog i don't think i've ever seen that before no yeah um I, I can't say i remember it and and the the best thing about it is jerry comes off the worst so he ends up with a a, a long gash on his back from mm. from the, the table spot yeah, um, Alfonso interferes again, uh, pushes Jerry Lynn onto the top rope, sort of crotching him on there. And that's when they did the whole holding the chair for the Van Daminator, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, there is a, uh, if, the, if there was one kind of other um, thing I'd, I'd, I would have done without is how many times people got crotched in this match. Uh, it happens about four or five times, maybe, and I think it, it kind of loses its meaning by the end of it mm. yeah yeah it's like anything isn't it when it gets overdone i suppose mm-hmm. um young bucks we're looking at you um carino <laughs> <laughs> uh and then we come to i suppose the end with carino rhino and and cyrus all coming down um and again i've got a note here saying no idea why but you've cleared that up for me which is great <laughs> Um, Steve Green, I think he'd been in a match earlier on the card, and that's why he was like, uh, had blood all over him. And, oh, yeah, he was an absolute state, yeah. He was wrestling. Uh, and and his kind of lackey, uh, Jack Victor, came out. Um, they were attacking on behalf of the network. That leads to, uh, I think Rob Van Damme actually, uh, he helps them fight. He, he gets, uh, well, Jerry helps fight them off for Rob Van Damme. Uh, so then we get back to where it's a one on one, and that means, uh, Rhino comes in, uh, which just his his goal was absolutely just deadly. It just looked vicious. Every time he hit it, it looked amazing, didn't it? It did. Uh, but that essentially leads to the end um, where we start. Uh, we have the the chair back in the in the match. Uh, I think RVD throws it at Jerry, uh, but instead uh, Jerry ducks. 
which meant Fonzie, uh, Bill Alfonso caught it. Uh, he, uh, Jerry Lynn gives him a Van Daminator. Rob Van Dam then gives Jerry Lynn a Van Daminator, goes for the top rope frog splash, and then Scotty Anton does the dirty. He, uh, he uh, shoves uh, uh, Rob Van Dam off the top rope, and then we get the, the cradle uh, pile driver, which uh, uh, Jerry Lynn was one of the people who really championed that move. Rob Van Dam kicks out after two, after the first one, and then they put a chair in the in the middle of the ring, uh, and they claim that the the second uh, cradle pile driver was on the chair, and it really wasn't. It was no. well off. I think Jerry Lynn actually ended up sitting on the chair. Yeah, he just smashes his arse down on it, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it it gets him the win. I think that was his only win in ECW over uh, Rob Van Dam in. I'd say dozens of matches on the the like the house circuit. I know he didn't win any kind of pay per view matches um, until then, and I don't think he won any afterwards. Um, so yeah, that was like a real feather in Geraldine's cap and and the end of uh, his kind of like bitterness towards uh, Rob because he was not he, he was not as accepted by the the uh, ECW faithful as Rob was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, one thing very quickly before we get to our, our rating of the of the contest, um, when RVD is pushed off by Scotty Anton, his friend, when when he turns on him, and he got, they got like the um, if anyone's not seen it at this ECW event, they've got the the entrance ramp very similar to AEW now or WCW back in the day, where the ramp yeah. literally goes right up to the the ring itself, as opposed yeah. to dropping down. Um, he kind of half lands on it and half goes off the side and. Yeah. Obviously, that, for Van Dam, it's not going to be a massive issue because the guy can do the splits and lift weights. It's crazy, but it looks it looks awful, doesn't it? That was done purposefully as well. Uh, it was to kind of like um, because Rob had come back from a broken leg, and earlier in the in the show, you see like a, a bit of a promo with uh, with Rob, Bill, and Scotty, and you can see where he's taping up his his uh, his foot. Um, that that move was done to to kind of like show that it was going to do damage to that leg again. Mm, okay. But it did look brutal. It, yeah. Like you yeah. said, it, it looked like he'd, he'd done the splits and landed on the ramp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, um, like you, I, I agree with you, Mags, that the turn at the end would have been enough. We didn't need all the other interference and so on. But that aside, there was enough here for me to really enjoy. Um, at one point, there was a, the, the opening sequence uh, that we talked about. I actually rewound it and called the wife in and showed her. I was that impressed of it. it so ultimately, to me, it was great. Yeah, I, uh, whilst it's it's nowhere near their best match in in ECW at all, this uh, is a perfect example of of why this was a pinnacle uh, feud for ECW that it meant so much to the company that you could arguably say it's their rock versus Austin viewed. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, So usual rating out of 10 mags. What are you thinking? Okay. So um, like I just said, I don't think it's their best match. So for that, I can't give it like near perfect score. Um, I I I thought that the, the network running was, too much overbooking if you're going to end with the the heel turn of scotty anton um the the rest is just it just felt like fluff um it it kind of like it it moved that network story along uh i understand that bit but with these two being so good together uh it just it 
took away from from the the point of the match for me. Uh, but I still enjoy it. I enjoy it every single time I watch it. Uh, I think these two are two of the most talented wrestlers to ever do it, and especially Jerry Lynn. I don't think he gets his uh, his um, fair. Um, his fair shake of the stick, I suppose, uh, in terms of mm. plaudits. Um, yeah, you're spot on. But I would highly, I would give this an eight. I think, I think I'd go with an eight. Oh, okay, um, I'm probably going to go a touch lower. Um, mm. The interference, it was a big thing for me. If we had the, the one issue of the turn and then the finish, okay. But it was um, there was just too much going on at the end for me, and it didn't need that because there was enough in the match to make it brilliant. So we didn't need all of that. Um, Usos versus the shield. We both gave a seven. I enjoyed this more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett versus Shawn Michaels. We gave an eight, both of us. It's closer to that for me, but maybe not quite on a level. So I'm probably going to go seven and a half mags. Okay. I mean, understandable. Um, Especially with with not knowing the backstory, I suppose, and it can be quite jarring with the run-ins and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I I understand your your point. Yeah, okay, no worries. Um, On that note, then, I suppose the next step is simply to decide where we go next. Do you want to go first or second, my friend? I'll go first, uh, as is tradition. Okie doke. Uh, I mentioned how I don't believe that Jerry Lynn got his uh, got his uh, fair uh, shake of the stick with plaudits and with towels, uh, and he certainly didn't get a long period of time in in the biggest show in 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 the world with WWF. Uh, when ECW did go bankrupt, he did come over. Uh, he spent a little bit of time in uh, the WWF. Think about ten months, perhaps, uh, and he actually won a title on his debut. He okay, won, he won the uh, the WWF light heavyweight title. I think it was on his debut, and uh, I'm actually going to go back and check just to make sure I've got that right. I'm sure it was. Yeah, he made his TV debut on April the 29th, 2001, uh, Sunday Night Heat, where he defeated Crash Holly for the light heavyweight title. So yeah, he won that title on his debut. Uh, that title was actually not long before it, it actually just disappeared uh yeah i think the last champion was x-pac and he uh he won it in uh uh SummerSlam, uh 2001 i think and after that he was meant to drop it in um survivor series but he got injured um so i think just for for the sake of of Jerry Lynn not getting his just desserts uh, and the fact that his only WWF title was the the light heavyweight title, I think we should watch uh, a WWF light heavyweight title match. And what better than to go to uh, SummerSlam 2001 where X-Pac became the final uh, WWF light heavyweight champion when he faced Tajiri. Oh, okay. Tajiri is the guy who busted Carino open on this pay-per-view. Certainly was. Yeah, I enjoyed that match as well. So I'm Tajiri yeah, versus X Pac, SummerSlam 2001, you say, yeah? Correct, yes. Okay, excellent stuff. I mean, those are two two very talented fellas. I bet that'll be a, a great a great shot, mate. Another good potential match there for us to watch. It's, it's better to be watching good wrestling than, than crap, isn't it, mate? Eh? <laughs> hey, well, it all depends on whether wrestling Twitter uh, lets us watch good or crap. And then again, it depends on what your pick is. 
Ah, okay. Um, well, first of all, before I get to my pick, there's something I want to address. Now, obviously, last <laughs> week we had our finally got to the coverage of when Hogan saved the world. Oh, you're um, not allowed to mention that anymore. I, I'm, I'm making reference to last week's show, mate. That's all. Okay, I'm not, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to mention WrestleMania Seven when Hogan saved the world. I fully appreciate that, but this is what I want to address. It came to my attention yesterday afternoon that for all these weeks we've been speaking about that and what Hogan did for us all. Um, he didn't actually save the world that day, Max. It didn't go away. No, it didn't. And I no. know where exactly where you're going with this. Sergeant Slaughter didn't go away. The Iraqi war was over, but there was that one tiny little uh, speck of evil still in the world. General Adnan and Sergeant Slaughter didn't go away after WrestleMania 7. They actually got a mate of theirs in. Um, the Iron Sheik got involved. Um, and they went to SummerSlam 1991, where on that occasion, we finally got rid of the evil Saddam Hussein sympathizers in Sergeant Slaughter. And he reverted back to being all-American, flag-waving, best buddies with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. But Hogan obviously can't face three guys on his own. Oh, no. Hogan needed to call up his mate, the ultimate warrior for help. Um, so yeah, you've got ultimate warrior Hogan versus those three. Uh, it kind of feels a little bit like we didn't we didn't cover the end, you know Hogan saving the world properly if that match happens. So I wonder if that's going to come up in the future, Mags. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. Anyway, my actual <laughs> pick. Oh, you absolute arse, <laughs> My actual pick is l- using a commentator to link. Um, <laughs> Joey Styles was obviously the voice so of ECW. Uh, he commentated on this event, as he did, I think, pretty much every single ECW event ever, I, I believe. I don't think he missed any, did he? I'm not, I'm not sure. but No, and for a lot of them, he was a solo commentator. commentator. Yeah, yeah. Um, he eventually ended up working for the WWF, WWE, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and was like the main commentator on, I think he was the main commentator on Raw for a little while, may have been SmackDown, I'm not sure. Yep. Um, going into uh, WrestleMania season, and he, he had this dream of commentating at WrestleMania. Eventually, it got changed and moved around, and he was told he wouldn't be commentating at WrestleMania and was quite disappointed about this. Yep. Um, but one match on the card was fought under hardcore rules and he came he basically pitched himself to vince mcmahon saying no one in your company has commentated on more hardcore matches than me i should do that match and he got his wish and he got to commentate on uh the hardcore match at wrestlemania 22 between edge and mick foley so that's where i'd like to go next week using joey styles commentator uh, commentary sorry as the link and I'd like to put forward Edge versus Foley, the hardcore match from WrestleMania 22, mate. It's a great pick, and I, I really like, I enjoyed that that whole um, Joey Styles story because I think it was not long after WrestleMania he, he actually he went on a, a kind of like part bomb of his own where he was uh, ripping into uh, the WWE for, for him understanding why he couldn't um, commentate for WrestleMania, but he wasn't good enough for backlash. And mm. that really kind of got his goal. Um, that's one of the, the best kind of like shoot 
uh, work promos that that I've seen from a commentator. It's so so good. But yeah, um, it's a, a a very good pick. Okay, so there we go. Those are your options for next week. We have Tajiri versus X Pac from SummerSlam 2001 for the WWF Light Heavyweight title. Or we have Edge versus Mick Foley in a hardcore match from WrestleMania 22. You can, as always, vote on the poll to decide where the chain takes us all uh, next week. And that is um, on Twitter, at chain underscore wrestling. You can find us. When this show comes out, when you've heard this show, um, the poll is normally up within an hour to a day, depending on uh, when I sort of pull my finger up the backside and get it done. Um, <laughs> but those those are your options. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Max, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you online, please, my friend? Absolutely. You can find me... fans stroke. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, find me... Only on Twitter at DJ Kirby, where you'll see links to uh, all the content I'm involved in and my OnlyFans account on there as well. That's it, and that's the one everyone's interested in, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can again, you can follow me at SJP Words, and you can follow the show and vote in all the polls at Chain underscore Wrestling. Um, that's on Twitter and Facebook, but for the poll, it is just solely on Twitter. So follow us there. If you don't have a Twitter, open one up and follow us, and yeah. then you can vote, and then you can take part in everything that everyone else does, can't you? So be yeah. one of the cool kids. One of the cool kids. Again, thank you to everyone for interacting with the show. It wouldn't work without you. It's hugely appreciated. Um, I'm off now to track down John Bon Jovi and give him a bit of a slap. Mags, I will speak to you next week, my friend. <laughs> if you survive John Bon Jovi, that is. <laughs> All right, tell her. Bye-bye.